The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, December 18th, 2023. This is On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. We're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a nice, sunny, little bit chilly Monday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area, but hope you're doing well. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. We've got uh, lots of things to uh, to talk about today. Uh, we've got a lot to go over in the next two hours, uh, kind of recapping everything from uh, from the weekend when it comes to Auburn football, Auburn basketball, college basketball, college football. I mean, there's just a lot to talk about on a Monday afternoon. And so uh, flying solo today, flying solo this week. Um, no Uncle T-Bone. He'll be back uh, to start the new year. He's got uh, a scheduled trip with the family that he's out doing this week. And so uh, we'll hear from him periodically. Um, he'll be calling in uh, on some important things, especially on Wednesday with early signing day coming up. So uh, looking forward to that. He'll be calling in and uh, talking with us about that coming up on Wednesday. Uh, We've got guests throughout the week, and it's going to be a little bit of a different week here on the show, just with the holidays coming up and with signing day on Wednesday uh, going to look a little bit different. And so what I can tell you um, as of right now is we do have Jacob Hillman today from the Auburn Sports Network, so he'll join us in hour number two. Um, no Double D, no Daryl Dapperts tomorrow, but an exciting update about Daryl Dapperts, who joins us every Tuesday. He normally joins us Tuesdays at 3.30, but we were talking during his time on the show last week, and we were talking off the air afterwards, and we just came to realize, man, Daryl and I have a lot to talk about. And we always go long. We never hit everything we want to because we always just get into some really good conversations. And so Daryl was kind enough to offer more of his time on Tuesday afternoon. So not this week, not next week, but starting with the new year, Daryl's going to join us on Tuesdays for 30 minutes. He's going to start joining us at 3.15 on Tuesday afternoons and go through 345-ish, okay? Really excited for that. I'm really thankful for for Daryl for doing that and offering that and and agreeing to be a part of the show even more than he already is on Tuesday afternoon. So it won't be this week. He normally, right, normally on Tuesdays. Won't be this week. Won't be next week. I'll give you that in just a second. It'll be at the start 
of the new year but that'll be a double d on tuesdays from 315 to 345 so really excited uh, for that to start the new year um carrying into the new year wednesdays will still be rivalry wednesday uh this week is going to be different though right this week is going to be different just because of the early signing day because of how big of a day it is here in auburn how big of a day it is in Athens, and how big of a day it is in Tuscaloosa, right? We normally talk to Jordan Hill from Georgia and Austin Hannon from Alabama, but that's just a really busy day for everybody. And as much as I love having those guys on, they've got jobs too, right? They have stuff they've got to do and cover that day. Plus, we want Wednesday to be a special day about Auburn because I think Wednesday is going to be a special day about Auburn football and so this week it will be a little bit different Um, I've got a guest coming in the studio a guest that has been on the program quite a bit uh, throughout the the last couple of years hasn't been in here in a while though so excited to uh, get him back in the studio and I'll, I'll keep that as a little teaser for Wednesday for the early signing day special that we'll have here on ESPN 1067. Uh, Thursday we will, uh, as of right now, we'll still have Chris Gordy. Um, we'll still have him um, on the show from Locked On SEC. And then Friday, you know, our free-for-all Fridays, it is going to be a free-for-all uh, uh, to this point. Not 100% sure what we're going to do uh, guest-wise, content-wise. We'll have some fun on this coming Friday afternoon. So that's sort of what this week is going to look like when it comes to the show. Update about next week, right? We're a week away from Christmas. Can we can we establish that? Can we remind everybody of that? Kind of scares me. I got to go do all my Christmas shopping tonight. Um, so that's what I'm doing when I get off the air today. But we're a week away from Christmas. Christmas Day is a week from today. So what that means for us here at ESPN 106.7, no on the line and no drive. Okay, all next week, Monday through Friday, Christmas Day through Friday, that also includes New Year's Day on the 1st, right? So that'll be six days, six weekdays with no on the line and no drive. Now, the Max Roundtable with Doug, uh, they will be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, and I believe they'll be on the air Thursday, Friday. I'm pretty sure that's the schedule uh, that I was told um, let Doug tell you that and confirm that 11 to 2 but for us here in Auburn Opelika no on the line and no the drive all next week plus the following Monday on New Year's Day so this week is it until the turn of the new year we'll be back here on the second that Tuesday so excited to uh, have a little bit of a break I can't lie I'm, I'm excited for a break uh, from the show from work go to see family I'll be traveling the entire time I'll be going to see family up in uh, North Alabama. I'll be going to see family in Ohio. I'll be seeing some friends along the way. So really excited to uh, to be getting a little bit of time off around the holidays. So that's all the business, right? That's all the things we had to knock out to get on the show today um, and, and kind of giving you some updates. And I'll continue to tell you these things as we go on through this week. So Bear with us. It's going to be a little bit different this week, guest-wise, but the content's still going to be great because guess what? We have tons to talk about today and all week long. And to start the show today, I think it's appropriate to start with basketball. Is it not? 
Is it not appropriate to start with basketball with what happened yesterday inside of Neville Arena and what has happened over the course of the last couple of days in college basketball? So much going on and phone lines are open. I want to hear from you on this Monday afternoon. It can be about basketball. It can be about football. It can be about anything you want to talk about sports related because I'm flying solo and it's a Monday afternoon and it's always fun to get you a part of the show. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. We're going to talk basketball today. We're also going to talk about some of the news from Auburn football over the weekend and begin to preview what Wednesday could be for Auburn, right? Wednesday could be a massive day, and we're going to build it up to that point. Um, And so excited to talk about that today. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network will be with us in hour number two to update us on everything going on around Auburn Athletics. So that's the business. Let's get to the phone lines to start the show today. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is Daniel. Hey, man. What's up, Daniel? Hey, so I wanted to call in and ask about – your thoughts right now on the college football calendar mm-hmm. and uh, and how poor poor it is. Uh, but I was wanting to know, as far as not this year, but uh, I guess two years from now, nothing has been signed or said about the college football playoff. Um, I think past next year, there's it's just open. It's just blank. And so... I was wondering when those different host spots, as far as bowls are voted on, when those typically come out in a calendar year. Um, And then I was wanting to know if you kind of knew if this 12-team playoff was going to stick around or is this kind of a test run? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your thoughts on the release of that information? Yeah, so um, all really good questions, all really good points. So what we do know at this point is starting next year, right, you have the 12-team playoff moving from the four-team to the 12-team. And also your, your opening statement about the, the college football calendar and how poor it is, that's a perfect word for it. It is poor. I mean, it is, it's a disaster, right? I've talked about before how a head football coach in college right now, here's what they're having to deal with. They're having to deal with bowl practice if you're lucky enough to be there, which Auburn and Hugh Freeze are. You're also dealing with the transfer portal that's been open. Uh, We're going on a month now. And it's also you're dealing with high school recruiting. With this early signing period, which I don't have to tell you this, Daniel, it's about 90% of the high school athletes sign on that early signing day. So those are all of the things they're dealing with at the exact same time. And look, they get paid a lot of money to do it, but that doesn't make the job any easier, right? It doesn't take any of the stress away from the job they're having to do. And so, yeah, it's ridiculous, and and I hate it. I wish there there are solutions here, but we're relying on the NCAA to make those solutions. So um, that's it's pretty much just not going to happen. Um, but when you talk about this twelve team playoff, that'll start next year, right? And then. I think they they did it for the one year, and then they're going to reevaluate and see if they want to sign a longer contract, which they will. Um, I think it's just going to be, okay, let's do it. Let's get it. 
going and then let's think of a long-term plan if we want to do you know kind of like they've done with this four-team playoff if we want to do a handful of years with that and then maybe move it to 16 20 24 whatever the number they want to do it I think they're going to continue to kind of work this through and not just sign a big 20-year deal of a 12-team playoff if that kind of makes any sense right right do you think that they will open it up the 16 or you think they'll keep it at 12 what are your thoughts on that I would say (laughs) well you listen to my show enough Daniel what is what's college football all about I mean honestly there's there's four to five elite teams I think the 12 team playoff is an illusion it's kind of the (laughs) it's kind of a friendly fix for a lot of football programs to make more money as well as just TV to make more money. There of course, you go. It's all about the money. Yep, there you but, go. And, yep. Uh, it'll come down to the best two teams in the SEC, the best two teams in the Big Ten, and then maybe sprinkle in, uh, you know, your, your Baylor that is a one-loss team that sneaks in at number 10 or something. Right, and that's where it's going to get weird, too, is if these conferences keep expanding, right? If the Big Ten gets to ultimately like 20 teams, which is what they want to do, um, and if the SEC gives in and gets more than 16, Greg Sankey's talking about he doesn't want to do that, uh, but I think eventually they probably will. And so what that means for the playoff is, yeah, they're probably going to expand it because it creates more games, which brings in more money from TV and events and attending and all of that type of stuff, and what we've been talking about with this four-team playoff where the fifth and sixth team are upset because they didn't get in is going to continue to happen when you have a 12-team playoff because the 13th and 14th teams are going to be upset. So you can't make everybody happy, but if you're asking me what my prediction is, they'll do this 12-team playoff for a while, and then they'll expand it even more. Okay. Uh, Did you hear about or did you hear Chip Kelly's kind of rant on – just the lack of structure within college football right now. I did. Um, it, that was very, very interesting. And he's, I mean, head coaches have really the power to, to make a change. I mean, the fans can say what they want. The media can say what they want. But until coaches really step up and say, hey, this is, the calendar sucks. Uh, you know, we need to change some of the structure. You know, I think some coaches just, either shy away from that or I think a lot of coaches feel the same way Chip Kelly does about it and uh, do you think that there's ever going to be like a front office of college football like there is within the NFL do you think um, you know you think the NCAA could make a subdivision within itself to solely deal with college football uh, and kind of have like a front office as far as just accountability because I feel like a lot of people are making decisions right now Mm -hmm. that have no clue really what they're talking about or who they're impacting as far as this one big revenue main sport of college sports yeah no I think um I think that's going to happen and I appreciate your call Daniel 334-321-1390 I do I do think there's going to be a you know a main office an HQ if you will for for college football other than the NCAA because the NCAA has so much going on 
right? They don't just manage college football. They manage college athletics. That is football, volleyball, lacrosse, swimming and diving. You name it, they cover it. And they have to be responsible for that. And guess what? They're terrible at their jobs. They are. And so, yeah, you're absolutely going to have a a front office or a governing body is the terminology I continue to use here. And it's going to be, in my opinion, right? Here's what I think is going to happen. I've said this. I think the Power Five, Power Six, if you want to include whatever conference, right? Plug in whatever conference you want there. I think they're going to split off because I think they're going to tell the NCAA to shove it because they don't need them anymore. The SEC does not need the NCAA. The Big Ten does not need the NCAA. Are they there yet to be able to split off from them? From them? No, they're not. But I think eventually they will. If I ask you the question right now, the listener, who's the most powerful man in college athletics right now? What's your answer? Did you say Greg Sankey? Did you say the SEC commissioner? Because if you did, you'd be right. And you can't tell me that with all the great things he's done, that he and all of the other commissioners can't find a way to come together, put some form of organization together, a leadership, a governing body, to guide these conferences, guide these teams, guide these players and these student-athletes, they can guide them better than what they get right now from the NCAA. And so there's so many questions here and there's so many different directions and conversations and questions that all have to be answered here. But it's going to change. And before we get to break, here's what Daniel was referencing from head coach Chip Kelly from UCLA. Here's a quote from him. This is really good. He says, quote, I think we should all be independent in football, and you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Group of Five. He went on to say, You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. Then the next year, you play against the South, and you you still play your seven teams. You play a seven-game schedule, then you play another four against another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep some of those rivalries going. Basically what he's saying, that's, that's just a large-scale NFL model, is it not? Is that not just a large-scale replica of what the NFL does? Divisions, right? Conferences within those, or I guess you have your conferences and then you have divisions within those conferences and you play everybody there and you cross over and you play a certain number of teams from the other side. Like That's basically what the NFL does. And at some point, college football may get to that point. It probably will. And there's so many solutions, right? I mean, everybody has a different opinion. You listening right now, you have a different opinion than I do. And you have a different opinion than the person in the car next to you who has a different opinion than the guy in his garage down the road. That's why this is so confusing. And that's why this is so stressful, really, Because we just don't know. There is no one right solution. And until you test these things out, you're just never going to know. But I think we can all agree. Changes need to be made. 
when it comes to the format, to the calendar, to how things are run in college athletics, things got to change. 334-321-1390. Great way to start the show, Daniel. Thanks so much. We appreciate you calling in. We'll talk some basketball when we come back as Auburn got a big win yesterday in Neville Arena. That's coming up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, ESPN 106.7. Not where I thought that first segment would go, but I loved it. I loved the conversation, loved all the questions and the different topics. So uh, thanks to Daniel for calling in. Phone lines are open until uh, another hour, way into hour number two. So uh, if you got something on your mind, got something you want to talk about on a Monday, give me a call. We'll have a conversation, 334 321-1390. Got a few minutes here. I'm going to begin talking about basketball. We're going to have to carry this into the next segment. We'll start bleeding into football because they all kind of mingled together with what happened this weekend. So Auburn basketball played yesterday inside of Neville Arena, and uh, I've already got a chance to talk about this on the air once because a good friend of the show, good friend of mine, Jack Cutton, and I did after the game yesterday over on Wings 94.3. I filled in for Kyle Rush, and we got to talk about a very fun Auburn basketball game as the Tigers hosted Bronny James and the USC Trojans. And look, there was a lot of hype in this game for multiple, multiple reasons, right? There was the national media that had no idea what Auburn basketball is and had no idea how passionate and crazy in a good way Auburn basketball fans are, Auburn students, right, how great they are in the jungle. And everybody outside of this town just thought, wow, look at all the Auburn fans going to watch Bronny James. It's the Bronny James effect. USC's in town. They're going to be packed to watch watch the show from L.A. Are you dumb? No. People were there to watch an Auburn basketball team do work again in a basketball game. Coming off that App State game, the App State loss, this Auburn team has been playing the best basketball in the country. And I mean that. Go look at the numbers. We're going to give you some in just a few minutes in our next segment because there were some stats that Jack and I were talking about yesterday on after the game that are really just unbelievable for this Auburn basketball team. So, look, were people excited that Bronny James and USC were in town? Sure. It's a big-name program. He's obviously a big-name player. There was the potential for LeBron James to be there. He was not. LeBron's wife was there. I did see Bronny's mom uh, was there in the stands. So sure, that all had a little bit to do with it. But that's not why students were lined up, camped out the night before. That's not why Neville Arena was the most packed it's been all season long. People wanted to get in to see this Auburn basketball team. A team that in its previous two games had wiped the floor with Indiana 104-76 and took care of business over UNC Asheville 87-62. That's what people wanted to see. They wanted to see what should have been a top 25 team on Sunday already 
and what should have been a top 25 team today. And we'll get into that. But how ridiculous is that, that Auburn still is not a top 25 team in the AP poll? I beg, I beg somebody to find 25 better teams than this Auburn basketball team right now. Unbelievable. We'll get into that. But that's what people went to see yesterday. They went to see the Showtime Auburn. They don't care about a team from Los Angeles. They wanted to see the Tigers play. And they got to see that yesterday with a 91-75 to dominating win over the USC Trojans. There's a lot to break down here. There's a lot of good to break down here. And this Auburn team is feeling themselves. They're rolling. And with three more non-conference games that they should handily win before they open up SEC play, yeah, the hype is real. Because this Auburn team is really, really good. And we'll talk about that some more when we come back. Plus, the impact on recruiting for basketball and for football. All because of that game yesterday inside of Neville Arena. Lots more to get to. Come be a part of it. 334-321-1390. More of the Monday edition of On the Line after this. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067 as we are talking Auburn basketball thanks to what happened yesterday inside of Neville Arena. And I want to hear your thoughts, your reactions, your comments, questions, concerns about this Auburn basketball team as they take down USC 91 to 75. Phone lines continue to be open 334. 321-1390. Big win for Auburn yesterday. 91 to 75. And look, this game, Auburn could have put a hundred on USC yesterday if they really wanted to. Um, they kind of, you know, kind of let up there at the end. And that 75 number, I think, is a little misleading too. If Auburn would have, and I'm not saying they did anything wrong, they were up the entire game. But if they had played the entire 40 minutes with the same level of intensity and everything like that, this could have been about 100 to 60. Like, I, I'm being serious. Like, this could have been a 40-point just a, a annihilation inside of Neville Arena. But, look, we'll take a 91-75 uh, we'll a, a to 75 win. We'll take that. That's fine, right? That's pretty good for this Auburn team. And, man, when you start looking at the box score from what happened in this game yesterday – Auburn is such a deep team. I mean, it's 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 dumb how how deep and how good this Auburn team is. You look up and down at your starters. Jani Broom had 11 points. Jalen Williams had 14 points. Denver Jones had 12 points. Aiden Holloway had 15 points to lead all scores for Auburn. Uh, second leading scorer in the game. Then you get to the bench. Chris Moore had three, uh, but he only played 11 minutes, and and we can get to that in a second. Your bench points. How about Dylan Cardwell yesterday? One of your five 
Auburn Tigers to get into double digits. That's a career day for Mr. Dylan Cardwell off the bench, who is our Tiger Takes guest each and every week here on ESPN 106.7. A shout-out to Dylan. In 17 minutes of action, he went 4 of 5 from the field. He did shoot the one lone three-pointer, which I was fine with there near the end of the game. The crowd would have gone insane uh, if he had hit that. Three of four from the line, five total rebounds, two assists, three steals. He was your steals leader for, for Auburn. A couple of blocks, no turnovers, and 11 points. Folks, that's a perfect stat line for a backup center. Sure, you'd like to see a couple more rebounds. But to get 11 points on 4 of 5 shooting, 75% from the line, he did grab rebounds, had to assist, and was your steals leader. What else do you want from Dylan Cardwell? That's perfect. That's a perfect stat line for him. Some other guys that got involved, Trey Donaldson was 7. He continues to impress. Chad Baker-Mazzara had 7. Katie Johnson had five. You had Leor Berman, who had three. And Chaney Johnson, who had three. Folks, this team is really good. And the fact that, look, Bruce Burrell told us this to, to start the year. He said, I'm going to play 10 guys. And he did. Yesterday, in fact, he played six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. He played 11 guys yesterday who all scored. That's strong. Most teams cannot do that. Most teams can't, A, they can't do it, and B, they can't defend that. They can't run with that. Most teams play seven or eight guys if they're lucky. If they're lucky. And the fact that this Auburn team can confidently play ten guys, right, five starters and five guys off the bench, and the drop-off is so minimal right now, Teams can't, they can't run with that. They don't know how. They don't have the physicality. They don't have the, 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 the gas tank to run with that. Because you play five on five to start, right? You have your five starters versus their five starters. Well, then at some point, the starters got to take a rest. Or they get in foul trouble, right? One of those two situations happens. So then you got to go to the bench. And while a team like USC, when they go to the bench, they're just trying to survive until they get the starters back out there. This Auburn team, they bring in four or five more starter-level players. And I believe that. They are starter-caliber players. You can't tell me that right now, the way they're playing, that Dylan Cardwell, Trey Donaldson, Chad Baker-Mazzara, and Katie Johnson, those four guys, I believe this, they could go and start on most SEC teams right now. Most, not all, but most. Those four guys could go and be starters on SEC teams. Cardwell, Donaldson, Chad Baker-Mazzara, and Katie Johnson. They could go and be high-level starters somewhere. And yet, those guys are coming off Auburn's bench. And so when you have that high quality of player who's fresh, ready, motivated, hungry, 
and they come off your bench and you're playing against the other team's backups while they're trying to survive, Auburn's taking off. Auburn just, they just keep on running, right? They've gone in for a pit stop, they've put fresh tires on, and they're squealing out of there like nothing ever happened. And all of a sudden, they're gone, and they're up by 15, 20 points, and the game's over. That's what's been happening these last three games. It's what happened against Indiana after they got punched in the mouth. It's what happened against UNC Asheville because that's what was supposed to happen. And that's what happened here against USC. Now, credit to the Trojans. They hung around. They never fully went away until the end. But I don't think Auburn ever sweated in this game much. Like, there was never a a true feeling, especially in that second half, where Auburn was going to lose this basketball game. And that just cannot be overlooked, overstated. And they get the win 91-75. to And the newest AP poll came out today, in case you haven't seen this. Auburn's still not in it. Auburn's still not in the top 25. They're right there. They're close. But they're not there yet. And I said this before we went to break. Somebody, somebody put a list together for me where you can legitimately tell me and find 25 better basketball teams than Auburn's playing right now. Because this top 25 ain't it. There's some good teams here. But not all 25 of them are better than Auburn. I just I refuse to believe it. Because I've seen pretty much all of these teams play. I'll admit I don't think I've seen BYU play this year. But pretty much all these other teams I've seen play. And the way that Auburn's playing right now, they are a top 25 team. And when you look at Auburn's resume, you look at Auburn's record, and the two teams they've lost to, Baylor, who is now number 10 in the country because uh, I don't know what happened to them. They got waxed by Michigan State this weekend. I guess they woke up and realized, oh, hey, we were a top-four team to start the year. Let's play like it. And they, they put it on Baylor this weekend. And your other loss was to App State on the road in Boone, North Carolina. But guess what? For those of you that follow the NCAA tournament and follow the net rankings and follow all of that terminology, both of those are quad one losses. And what that means is that's the highest quality loss you can have. You have quad one, quad two, quad three, and quad four. In App State, that is a quad one loss, and it probably will be for all season long. So the fact that Auburn is still not in the top 25 is absurd. Now, does it matter all that much in late December? No. But it just, it just confuses me. It really does. I don't understand it. I don't get it. They don't ask me, unfortunately. I don't, I don't have a vote in the AP Top 25. I wish I did, but I don't. And I just don't see how Auburn's not Top 25. But regardless, we all know, and anybody that watches this team knows, or has watched this team, or covers this team, or is a fan of this team, or even doesn't like this team, we all know that Auburn's a top 25 program right now and a top 25 team 
in college basketball as of Monday, December 18th. But to get back to the USC game and kind of to give you some of the, the dummy stats here, here were your team stats for the game in a 91-75 to victory for Auburn. You go 29 of 61 from the floor. That's 47% as a team. Not bad. You hold USC to 40%, 24 of 60. You go 8 of 21 from deep. That's 38%. You'll take that as a team. You'll absolutely take that as a team. 38%. Yeah, that's where you want to live. You'd like to be higher, but that's perfect. Where USC went 31%. You also went 25 of 32 from the free throw line. The two things there, you got 32 attempts, which is great, and you shot 78% as a team. Talk to me. That's awesome. 78% as a team is fantastic. So Auburn did their job there. Rebounding, Auburn was winning this battle pretty much the whole game. Uh, USC actually pulled ahead late and ended up winning the rebounding battle 38-35. Not too concerned there. Um, like I said, Auburn was Auburn was winning that battle most of the most of the game. Here's where it starts to get interesting. Auburn had 18 assists, so on 29 made buckets, they had 18 assists. They also had nine steals as a team, and remember, three of those were from Dylan Cardwell, and you had seven blocks as a team as well. You forced 15 total turnovers against USC, and you had just eight. When you can have a team in a 40-minute basketball game commit single-digit turnovers, you're going to win a lot of games. When you shoot 48% from the floor, 38% from three, 78% from the free throw line, and you only turn it over eight times, yeah, you're doing something right. And Auburn has done this consistently now for the last three games since the Appalachian State game. And not only did you turn USC over about 15 times, you got 19 points off of those turnovers compared to the five points that USC had off your eight turnovers. Those are difference-making stats, folks. Those are the stats and the effort plays that make a difference. And not just in games like this. These are, those are stats that make differences late in conference play. And in Nashville for the SEC tournament. And wherever Auburn goes for the NCAA tournament. Those types of numbers win championships. The question then becomes, can Auburn do that consistently? Points in the paint, Auburn dominated. And USC's biggest lead was three. Like, Auburn was never down in this game. And you've got to love that. This team's playing really well. And it's good to see after the App State loss. And here's a stat. There's two stats right here that I want to give you. One, and I dropped these on on after the game yesterday over on Wings 94.3. The first one is about your two-point guards. Aiden Holloway, your freshman phenom, and Trey Donaldson, who is really, really good. 
This is from Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. He tweeted yesterday, he says, Auburn point guards Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson over the last three games, so since the App State loss, your two point guards have scored 80 points, they have 25 assists, and two total turnovers. Let me say that again. Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson, your one and two point guards, in the last three games, have scored 80 points, 25 assists, and have two turnovers. That is unheard of. Those are alien-like numbers. I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. I don't care if this is the church league, if this is high school, if this is overseas or in the NBA. When you're two, not just one point guard, but two point guards, right, your starter and your backup, are scoring the basketball, they're moving the basketball effectively to get open shots and guys are knocking them down, and you're not turning it over, you are going to win games. That is championship-level guard play. I mean, throw the ratios out the, out the window. Because I talk about a 2-to-1 ratio for your point guards and assist to turnovers. Yeah, these guys have a 12.5-to-1 turnover right now in the last three games. What? I mean, there's, there's not a big enough word, an adjective for me to throw in there to describe what those two young men are doing. And then on top of that, here's the stat from Matt Cohen of AL.com who jumped on it and said, as a team for Auburn, he said Auburn has 62 assists to 18 turnovers since losing to App State. 62 assists to 18 turnovers as a team. That's a three and a half to one ratio. So not just your point guards, but as a team, they're scoring at will, they're setting each other up to score, and they're taking care of the basketball. That's perfect. That's perfect offense. Which is why you've seen Auburn just put the hammer down on their last three opponents. And they're going to do the same thing against the next three opponents. Which is why it blows my mind that they're not a top 25 team. 334-321-1390. More to talk about there. Plus Auburn recruiting, transfer portal on the football side of things. We're just getting started as we're about to wrap up hour number one. Isn't that crazy? Give me a call. I'd love for you to be a part of the show today. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, talking Auburn basketball as we will uh, start talking a lot of football and recruiting and transfer report and all that good stuff uh, as we get into hour number two because yesterday's Auburn basketball game was a it was a a hot spot, if you will, for Auburn recruiting, not just football. There were big basketball recruits there yesterday too, uh, but there were. I mean, anybody that was anybody when it came to Auburn football recruiting was there yesterday. And 
I I can't remember if I talked about this on Friday or yesterday during after the game. I think I said this yesterday on Wings with Jack Hutton. How fortunate is Auburn to have what they have? How fortunate is Auburn to have not just a a top-tier football environment and what I believe will become, once again, a top-tier football program, but also to have a basketball team, program, and environment that matches it, right? Because yesterday, Auburn had a unique opportunity to bring some of their biggest high school football recruits in high school, some of them commits and some of them still uncommitted, right, and still and all of these guys are yet to sign for 2024 and beyond. But Auburn was able to bring these guys to campus this weekend, talk to them again, visit with them, have them, and you know pamper them the whole nine yards. They were able to bring high school recruits to a basketball game, all right, high school football recruits to a basketball game, which is one of the biggest game so far this season it's one of the best environments in all the country when it comes to college basketball and you were able to use that as a recruiting ground and a recruiting pitch to your high school football recruits and then you got to walk them over to that nice fancy football performance facility and let them watch bowl practice yesterday how many schools in america can have that how many schools in america can do that there's very few let me answer that for you there's very very few that's a credit to Auburn football it's a huge credit to Bruce Pearl and Auburn basketball and to you the Auburn family and the Auburn students where you can cross promote cross recruit we see basketball recruits all the time at football games but how stinking cool is it to have football recruits at the basketball games And I have a good feeling it probably worked. We'll talk about all that and a lot more coming up in hour number two. Don't you dare turn that radio dial. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this sunny day in the Auburn Opelika area. Another great day here on ESPN 106.7. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, as we get into hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, uh, lots of open conversation. couple of phone calls. Uh, we talked Auburn basketball. I had a lot of great things to say there. I went on a couple of... I don't, I don't want to say they were rants, but they were. I think they were good conversations, good topics, because, look, Auburn had a great performance yesterday, and they're still being slept on, and you know what? 
that's just fine with us. They'll they'll give their respect when people want to give it, and I think they're going to continue to just keep playing the way they are. So uh, we had a lot to say about that. We're going to talk a lot of recruiting, transfer portal, all that good stuff here in hour number two. But if you did miss any of that first hour, uh, you can go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast or at our station website at ESPNAU.com. We're about to get to the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you in this hour as well. 334-321-1390. Whatever's on your mind, basketball, uh, football, transfer portal, recruiting with early signing day coming up on Wednesday. Uh, anything you want to talk about here on the show would love for you to be a part of it 334-321-1390 Jacob Hillman will join us from the Auburn Sports Network as he does every Monday that'll be coming up at the bottom of the hour at 3.30 but to start off hour number two we've got John and Auburn joining us on the phone lines John you're on the line man what's up hey Jacob hey I was gonna say yeah great basketball game yesterday I missed uh some of your comments on on the game, I was just going to say, first time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. been going to Auburn basketball games since I was two. And, and that was the first time I'd ever seen the cheerleaders moved off the baseline to move in more seats. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, I was talking to my dad about that yesterday when we were at the game, and I was like, I don't remember all of those seats being on the opposite end, right? Because on one end of the floor you have where normally Bill Neville sits and his wife and, and you know Charles Barkley was sitting there yesterday. Right. Those seats are always there, but they typically don't have those seats on the other end of the floor. I thought I may have been going crazy, John, but I'm glad somebody else is with me on that. Right, right, right. And uh, just to think that there are six-year-olds in Auburn who have never, who have not lived long enough to see Auburn drop a – a home non-conference game is amazing to me. Isn't that wild? Uh, given that I was in the Tommy Joe Eagles years and, and Jeff Lebo and, 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 and the dark years of Auburn basketball. Right, yeah. But, uh, it's it's but, over 50 now, right? Over 50 consecutive home non-conference wins for Bruce Pearl and Auburn? I think 2016 was the last home loss. Wow. Non-conference. But, hey, I had a, uh, have a recruiting comment on Wednesday okay. and an NIL question. Yeah, shoot. So my recruiting comment, you know, a lot of people like to work from home and work remotely. And just a, a job opportunity I thought about is how many fax machines in uh, high schools will stop working Wednesday and, you know, kid A signs his letter of intent, but it just doesn't get faxed in in time. <laughs> or, you know, I've seen this my whole life, and I never thought until today, like, wow, fax machine repair. Right. Like, I, there, I mean, there's got to be a market, right? You talk about six-year-olds who have never seen Auburn basketball lose a home non-conference game. There's people that don't know what a fax machine is, John. That is true. That is true. Hey, uh, NIL question for you. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I understand that the athletic department – works independently of NIL initiatives at all these institutions. I understand that, but still, there is such harmony between the two organizations. How much longer can this operate at this level without somebody thinking it, thinks it runs afoul of Title IX and chasing a lawsuit? Hmm. So you're you're asking what? How long can the universities be separate, like separate from all of this NIL stuff with collectives and the and the players getting paid and all that type of stuff? 
Right, exactly. Or how long until until you know? It, it just seems it seems weird to me that that scholarships and all that, which I get, are the universities, and there has to be total Title IX compliance with that. Mm-hmm. But with NIL, there's there's very wide uh, parameters there between pay of like women's soccer versus football. Right, right, yeah. Well, you know, it's a good question and it's a good point. And unfortunately, there are times where I'm sure it gets on the back end, it gets pretty murky in those conversations, right? But when it comes to the collectives, like they have to, you know, you, you have to split it up as even as possible with all the Title IX. I mean, that that's that's obviously in place and that's going to be in place as it should uh, to where everybody gets that that set amount. But then... Then you start getting into, okay, well, now we have this extra money that was donated. We can send it this way or we can move it this way or give it here or wherever, exactly. right? Exactly. And so, yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, I feel like with that, as long as that base number is covered where everybody's at least getting that base salary, for lack of a better word, um, then at that point it, it is kind of for a uh, free-for-all, and I think that's what it's going to continue to be. And then you know you bring up the fact of the universities not technically being involved but obviously having some say so in all of this with the programs i mean it it really is a a nasty operation because of the money aspect of things and we knew it was going to be this way didn't we john but it, it yeah it, it's just it is it, it's such a and here's the problem too it's still new right it's still so new that we're trying to figure out what works best so Look, players are going to get theirs, and, and look, the, the Title IX stuff is there for a reason to where everybody gets a slice of the pie, but then somebody may get a little extra whipped cream on top with some sprinkles, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I'll finish with this. There was an Auburn author about 20 years ago who had a fantastic quote that, that rings true every year. He said uh, he, he had a newborn child, and he told his newborn child, you know, when he said, hey, I want you to – to love your your favorite university and love your church, but don't get too in love with either one because they'll both break your heart. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, John. It's true. It is. Hey, hey, enjoy the show. Thank you. You have a great day. Thanks so much, John. You as well. 334-321-1390. We'd love to get uh, your comments, thoughts, questions, concerns, anything on your mind on this Monday afternoon. Come and be a part of the show. 334-321-1390. And that's the big problem. Right, That's the huge issue here is we're getting to a spot where this isn't even about a college kid going out on his own, Right, a college basketball player who wants to be in a Popeye's commercial or something or wants to be in a car commercial or wants to be in a whatever, right? This isn't even about that anymore. This is about what collective for each individual school can raise the most money from their fans, their donors, to buy the the biggest and the best players. That's what this is. And it's become a recruiting ground, which is not what this was supposed to be. That's not what NIL was created for. But of course, the NCAA being the NCAA, they just let it roll. And then states got involved, right, with, with state legislatures and, and all of that nasty stuff. And then it was just like, well, we have no power, so here you go. 
Here's NIL. Have fun. And this is where we are. We have questions like John is asking about, well, if the university is supposed to be separate from NIL, or do we really believe that? Like, do we really believe that everybody's just working in harmony and, and following? And I'm not calling out any particular school here, folks. I'm talking just on a, on a grand scale here. You're telling me that this is all going clean by the books to a T? No. College sports has never worked that way. And guess what? It never will, whether we like it or not. It was, it was dirty back in the day in recruiting when players were not making money. And now it's a free-for-all. And it's used as a recruiting tool. And so... There will become a time, there will become a point, and I've said this, where contracts will be made, lawyers will be involved, attorneys will be involved, law firms will be involved, the government will get theirs, right? Because they always do. And it's going to be a, a big business, which is kind of what collectives already are. That's what these are. It's all about business. It's all about the money. And trying to keep all of that straight is really, really hard. It gets murky. It gets, again, it gets dirty at times. There's a lot of emotions on all parties from all sides. And there's got to be the right people in place at each program, at each university, at each collective, at each state. And above all, right, there has to be the right people in place to guide all of this. And the problem is we don't. We don't have those people. We don't have those rules. And we don't have those guidelines. Because we don't have the knowledge of that yet. Because it's so new. 334-321-1390. Let's get back to the phone lines. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is Mark. Hey, Mark. What's up, man? Hey, uh, let's just murky this thing on up a little bit more. Go for get it. the government involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, hey, all good uh, ideas started with that statement, Mark. To, <laughs> aren't they, yeah. Aren't they going to, um, you know the IRS is going to want a piece of their pie. Oh, you better believe it. You absolutely. So, the more these players get, you know, at some point they're going to have to, um, you know, I'm not going to say they'll come public with the taxes, but – you know the IRS is going to uh, get involved. Yeah, because it's an income. And, I mean, it's it's a it's a legitimate income now of these players being paid, you know, half a million dollars for an easy number, right? Yeah, yeah. when the government sees what, that number come across, you better believe they want a piece of it. And that just think what that's going to do, because you know some of these families are in the lowest tax bracket there is, mm-hmm. and once this number hits that. Uh, bottom line, that's going to change. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think that even I think that speaks to Mark about the importance. Which it's crazy that this doesn't already happen. Even with me as a younger a uh, younger guy who just got out of school a few years ago, right? This still was not happening. I think it speaks to the importance of how much we need in schools, whether it be middle school, high school, college, or all the combined of financial education, right? I mean, you got to teach these kids how to handle 
not thought you can't teach somebody how to handle a million dollars because most people don't have that but just your basic stuff of hey this is how you handle a lump sum of money with retirement and with helping your family and taxes and all of that like they don't teach that stuff nowadays mark and and these kids are about to be dealing and already are with thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's not their fault but they don't know how to handle it oh that's absolutely correct anyway i didn't have nothing else I just thought I'd throw a little RF piece in there. Love it. Love it. Thanks so much, Mark. 334 And again, this is a wonderful conversation that I didn't expect to have on this Monday, but it's a conversation that we're going to continue to have until these questions get answered, right? Until we figure out what truly works and what doesn't, what's legal and what's not. And if there is any sort of parameters here, on how much a certain player can make, right? When they can do it, how long they have to be somewhere. If the government gets involved, like Mark was saying, I mean, it's just so, it's so crazy with NIL, right? Who should have their hands in the cookie jar and who shouldn't, right? Who should have a say in what happens and who shouldn't? And this goes back to what we were talking about in the first hour with the college football playoff and and what that's going to look like and realignment and stuff, everybody has a different opinion. Everybody. We all have different solutions. We all have different takes. And when you're dealing with something this massive, this crucial, and this rich, it's really hard to bring all those ideas into one and get everybody to agree and say, okay, this is what we need to do moving forward for NIL. And you're going to have everybody just agree to it? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's why you're seeing it across different state lines be different. Which I know that's how our country works, but you, you get what I'm saying here. It's confusing. It's scary. And there's just a big question mark on all of it. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to get affected. The one thing I can tell you that I guarantee, and I have people that disagree with this, and that's fine, but the one thing that I can guarantee you, in my opinion, is the money will continue to grow. It's not going down, okay? It's not going down. The money will only continue to go up for these, high, or for these athletes. Right, the high schoolers that are getting into college. That recruiting number, that recruiting pitch, that number's not going to go down. Sure, you may offer this kid one amount of money and may offer another kid a little bit less, but on average, over the years, it's going to go up. Right, It goes back to professional athletes' contracts. Look at that. Shohei Otani didn't walk in the door and say, you know what, I'm worth $700 million, but I'm good with $200. i am cool with that. You can just sign me for $200. You can spend the other $500 somewhere else. I know I could break the record for one of the highest contracts ever, but, you know, I don't need that. No. Contracts continue to go up. Every year we have somebody in the NFL or the NBA or MLB break the previous contract record. That's going to start happening in NIL too. Well, this kid last year got 500000 
I think I'm worth 600000 Cool. Here's the check. Well, he's worth 600000 but you know what? I think I'm worth a million. And somebody's going to pay it because that's how this is working. I hate it. It's not how college athletics should work, in my opinion. But that's where we are. And how do you control that? How do you control who gets what and try to control the so-called market of NIL? Holy, so I'm, I'm, I'm confused myself talking about all this because there's so, oh, there's just so many different angles and so many questions, so many answers that we need that it's going to take years to get all of these, but yet the money's still flowing. The money's still rolling. And the money's still growing. 334-321-1390. Great conversation there sparked by John. Continued on with Mark. I appreciate you guys calling in. Give me a call if you got thoughts on that. We'll talk some football when we come back. Some recruiting. So we're talking about NIL. We may as well talk about the recruiting side of things, right? We'll talk about that in particular with Auburn when we come back. And then Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us in about 10 or 15 minutes. So give us a call. We'll be right back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Got a few more minutes before Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us on the phone lines. He'll join us after our bottom of the hour break. So if you want to call in, be a part of the show, what's on your mind on this Monday afternoon? 334-321-1390. We're going to talk recruiting and transfer portal stuff with him. And and we have a lot of that to talk about tomorrow. And then Wednesday is going to be a very, very big show. Okay, I was talking earlier in the first hour um, about Hillman joining us today. Uh, No double D tomorrow so uh, we'll have a full open show talking about recruiting and stuff Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun we also uh, on Wednesday we will not have the plan as of right now is to not have Jordan Hill and Austin Hannon uh, a because they're going to be very very busy on their own covering Georgia and Alabama uh, for early signing day but we want to talk about Auburn that day, right? We, we're going to have our own stuff to talk about, so we're going to have a special guest in the studio, uh, a good friend of mine, good friend of the program that hasn't been here in a while. He'll join us since Uncle T-Bone is out this week uh, on a trip uh, with his family. So we'll have a guest in here on Wednesday, so excited uh, for that. And, and so before I start talking a little Auburn uh, recruiting and, and transfer portal stuff, there's some local high school news that we need to talk about on the show um, that affects me personally, affects my job, affects my work, uh, Uh, But it affects you as well, listening to high school sports on the radio. Uh, Of course, us here at Auburn Network, my company, we have the Auburn High School Sports Network and we have the Lee Scott Sports Network. All the guys on the Auburn High School Sports Network, Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, Jack Cudden, those guys do a fantastic job uh, on the air calling Auburn High School football, uh, basketball, girls and boys basketball, baseball, and softball. And then uh, if you've ever had the uh, the opportunity to tune in, I call for Lee Scott uh, on the Lee Scott Sports Network for football, girls and boys basketball, and baseball. And today, the AHSAA announced the reclassifications for uh, 1 through 7A and the different regions in high school football and high school athletics. And this was a big day here in the area because Lee Scott Academy 
they had applied and got approved to move from the AISA, which is the Alabama Independent School Association, to the AHSAA, the Alabama High School Athletic Association. So moving from the private school league to the public school league. Now, the school is still going to be a private institution, right? Lee Scott's still going to be the private academy, but they're now playing with other public schools. And it was the right move, right? Lee Scott back-to-back state champions they make runs in in basketball and baseball and nothing against the AISA it's just Lee Scott and Glenwood our biggest rival um, both of them had just gotten a little too big and too good really just to be honest with you and so it was the right move and this was a big day because Lee Scott as of around lunchtime today when this got announced they are moving into class 3a in the AHSAA, they'll be in Region 4. Alongside Lee Scott, they'll be B.B. Comer, Beulah, Childersburg, Dadeville. So you start going up 280. Lee Scott will be joined by Randolph County and our rival Glenwood. So excited for that. Uh, excited for Lee Scott Academy, for all of the athletes over there on all levels. Um, that is the football region it'll be a little bit different for basketball baseball some of the other sports won't quite be as big Um, they'll play a handful of those teams a handful of others here and there but yes lee scott is now a class 3a in region 4 playing randolph county glenwood dadeville childersburg beulah and bb comer so that is a huge huge day congratulations for lee scott uh, the ad william johnson over there uh, and everybody involved in lee scott athletics auburn high school Don't worry, they're still 7A. Don't you worry, as they remain to be uh, one of the biggest schools in the state of Alabama. They remain in 7A. They're in Region 2. They're alongside of Carver, uh, Carver Montgomery, Central Phoenix City, Dothan, Enterprise, uh, JAG, right, Johnson Abernathy Greats, Opelika, and Smith Station. So that continues to be uh, one of the most stacked regions in all of high school. Uh, Again, Auburn, Carver, Central Phoenix City, Dothan, Enterprise, Jag, Opelika, and Smith Station. Uh, But I did want to uh, to bring that up because that's big news here in the area for uh, for Lee Scott to be moving to to public school and, and moving to AHSAA for athletics. And I'm really excited that we kept Glenwood. Uh, I think that's a big, big, it's a big keep. Because those two schools are rivals. Like we, Lee Scott has played them in the Final Four Championship at just about everything since I've been the voice of Lee Scott, and I know it's been that way for a long time. And I'm glad that those two teams are uh, going to be playing each other continued in the AHSAA and playing a lot of those schools going up 280 rather than going the Montgomery route. Playing some of these schools on this side of the state means a lot for me not having to travel as far. <laughs> right and that's that's why they did it they actually called me and said hey jacob you call lee scott what would be the best for you and that's the list i gave them and it's crazy they went with it i know i know what can i say no i wanted to talk about that that's big news here uh, for lee scott and auburn high staying in 7a as well when we come back we'll talk to jacob hillman of the auburn sports network auburn basketball auburn recruiting early signing day coming up on wednesday and everything else going on in auburn athletics he'll join us after this
with Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes on a Monday afternoon here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. And you know what that means. I'm Jacob Goins, but he is Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who joins us every Monday at this time of 3.30. And Jacob, we appreciate your time, man. I hope you're doing well on this Monday afternoon. I am. I was just talking to you about it, getting ready for the holiday break. And and it's an exciting time uh, with Auburn Athletics with literally everything going on at this point in the year so uh excited to get into it today yeah well yeah yeah we were talking off the air just a minute how you you guys are gonna or you are gonna finish out this week and then uh, have some time off for the Christmas holiday and to have a few days off next week before a very busy weekend right before the turn of the new year with the bowl game on that Saturday the 30th that afternoon and then basketball that night all happening over on the Auburn Sports Network yeah, it, it, it's going to be a loaded and packed schedule, not to mention women's basketball as well, continuing its stretch of home games uh, coming up. So it, it is a loaded schedule, and you know we'll, we'll have our time off to spend with families as well, but, uh, but the, the truck keeps on rolling, so we're excited for it. Well, this will be the last time we talk to you until, um, what is that, January like 7th or something like that, that Monday, something right? Like that. Yeah, yeah, January, because no shows next week. Of course, Christmas Day is a week from today, which is wild. Then New Year's Day is a week after that. We won't have a show then. So, yeah, the next time is January 8th is when we'll talk to you. So uh, we got to get all the Jacob Hillman on the air that we can today uh, when with content. And so we'll get into it. And no better place to start, Hillman, than what happened uh, about this time yesterday over in Neville Arena when Auburn men's basketball hosted USC, uh, the show from L.A. with Bronny James, and the Tigers rolled yet again and took down USC 91-75. to Yeah, what an incredible environment, what an incredible game, and performance from Auburn as, you know, that, that's 49 straight non-conference home wins for the Tigers. That, that's just a stat that wouldn't have seemed believable, uh, I guess, a decade ago. But now it, it, it feels very real, and you see why with the way Coach Pearl has built this program up and uh, the teams that he has uh, that he, he that he's played with. So I, I, I'm very excited about what I saw uh, from his team yesterday. I think the point guard play has just become incredible, and, and it's been electric. The last three games I saw a stat something like, 80 points, 20-plus assists, and only two turnovers mm. uh, in the last three games. Yep. That is something that, if it continues anything like that, this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. That, And I think a lot of the talk today has been about Auburn not being ranked. And I'm really not worried about that. I'm more concerned with some of those predictive models where Auburn is in the top ten. So that that's an exciting thing to look at. I think that that's what you need to look at. Listen, AP polls doesn't really hold any – ground whatsoever uh I, it matters to i guess people you know looking to hype up a game but uh other than that it, it is what it is that uh, i don't think auburn's really flying under the radar that much anymore even if they aren't ranked i think uh, most pundits i think most most fans realize that this is a really good basketball team and they have a chance to contend in the sec and and are likely to finish uh in that top four of the sec yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of uproar today from from Auburn fans not being, and I wouldn't even say uproar. I think it's just like a you know a, a discontent, right, with Auburn not being a top twenty five team, and it's just like, well, 
okay, you'll you'll see type of thing. And I think that's kind of the mentality that the team is taking and the fan base definitely has. Look, it, it's something that it, it's happened, it feels like, every year. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's one, it's one of those things that it's going to happen. It, it, it's, it doesn't, like I said, it, it is not that important to be ranked in the AP poll. You know what matters at the end of the year is hopefully you have a good enough resume to be seated high in the NCAA tournament. And with the schedule that Coach Pearl and Coach Bergamaster put together and the way Auburn's performed against that schedule, I think you're on a good pace to do that. And obviously SEC play uh, is right upon us. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what this team is really made of when we get to that. But I, I think this team has performed really well. We, we talked about the depth. We talked about uh, the front court. But I, I really think that these guards have really started to show out and do their thing. And I think it's going to – uh, really carry over in the SEC play. I also think it's interesting because Denver Jones, who started off the year, kind of not really the explosive scoring weapon that we thought he'd be, mm-hmm. is now turning into that. I feel like he's heating up a lot. And then there's Katie Johnson, who's who's had a couple of games where he hasn't been his best. And I think what this shows is how this team picks each other up. Jedi Broom as well in the last few games. He's done what he's done, and KD as well. Um, on the defensive end, they've been great defensively. They've they've played good minutes, but on the offensive end, they just missed some shots. But Denver and, and Dylan Cardwell yesterday have picked up right where they left off and picked up that scoring output. So I'm really excited about what this team and this depth and and everything brings. And like I said, th- these next three non-conference games are obviously against uh, opponents that you, you expect to beat. But it's a time for you to really settle into lineups and rotations and, and everything like that before that Arkansas game on January 6th, which is going to be a heck of an atmosphere at Bud Walton Arena, I'm sure. Well, you, you started off talking about the atmosphere yesterday uh, in Neville Arena, and look, I'm just glad that fans showed up to watch Bronny James drop a five-point bomb on <laughs> Auburn yesterday, and I'm glad that everybody got to see that because, I mean, they wouldn't have been there regardless, Hillman. That's what that's what everybody outside of Auburn thinks. Well, I think they were there to see Kentucky, actually. But no, quite, quite <laughs> honestly, here's the thing. It, it's something that we've seen for years. These Christmas break games, you, you still see students line up. I, I think it was last year against Florida, two years ago against LSU. Uh, heck, when, when John Morant came with Murray State, yeah. students were here. That, it, that It's nothing new, and whatever happens on Twitter, that that's Twitter. And that that's what people think, and obviously everyone's, on their in their own bubble, not really paying attention to what it is, what it is, and, and Auburn fans know uh, what this fan base is made of. The Auburn family shows up and shows out. We saw it in Huntsville this past Wednesday as well. Um, with that being pretty much a 99% crowd, I think UNC Asheville's coach uh, talked about how they felt pretty good going into the game because it wasn't at Neville Arena, but then they walked out there and realized they might as well be in Neville Arena. So that that just shows what the Auburn family's all about and. Uh, you know, once you get into conference play, it's going to be the same exact deal. Students are going to be lining up at uh, insane hours of the morning, and uh, it's going to be electric in Neville Arena. 
Auburn basketball finishing out and starting the new year with Alabama State. Uh, that game will be uh, this week on the 22nd. Then you have Chattanooga next Saturday on the 30th. That's a late night tip. Remember, it got moved from the early afternoon to the late night at 8, at eight o'clock uh, due to the, the bowl game for Auburn football. Uh, that'll be played earlier that day. And then on the 2nd against Penn before they open up SEC play on the road at Arkansas. We're talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network who's with us every Monday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Speaking of that bowl game, Jacob Hillman, uh, practice has begun for Auburn football. We've seen uh, a couple of opt-outs for guys going to the pros. We've had some announcements of guys coming back. I mean, it's been a busy time for Auburn football as they do start preparing for that Music City Bowl on December 30th. And I feel like a lot of what's happened announcement-wise has been expected. I, I don't feel like there's been any shocking news or or surprises here where uh, where things maybe had to change the strategy of the transfer portal or whatnot. I, I think everything that has transpired has been expected by the staff and, and even by the fans. So I, I think so far uh, things have gone as planned, and, and now you're just looking to close out uh, this recruiting period strong. And I thought yesterday, was this, this past weekend, was a really good start to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously a lot of recruits in the building uh, football and basketball for that USC game. And, and I think that they probably were pretty impressed by what they saw and what they heard. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for what's to come. Obviously, we're focused on the signing period on Wednesday right now. But then uh, then you're looking ahead to that bowl game on the 30th. And that that's a very important period as well because, uh, you know, it's looking more and more like Peyton Thornton could be your starting quarterback in 2024 and likely will be your starting quarterback in 2024, in my opinion. And uh, that I think that's such an important period where he gets to work with those receivers um, and, and, and everyone else on the offense because, you know, he came in during the summer last year. So this is going to be his first full off season with this coaching staff, with this team, with these players. And obviously he'll, he'll have some more additions uh, once we get to uh, January and the summer. But that, that gives me some excitement, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, how this team grows and, and looks in the ballgame on the 30th. Some of the announcements that have been made from players over the last couple of days, uh, Eugene Asante, Keontae Scott, both announcing uh, that they would be back. And then uh, you've got guys like Nehemiah Pritchett and DJ James who uh, are expected to go to the pros. Hillman, like we mentioned, this will be the last time we talk to you before that bowl game. And I know there's been, and look, I'm one of those people where I'm not a huge bowl game guy. I'm just not. I think a lot of them have gotten watered down, but this is for a team like Auburn and a program like Auburn playing in their first bowl game under their first head coach, right? Their first year head coach. There's a lot that can be built and said in this type of game. So with everything happening, what are expectations or what should expectations be for the on-field performance, the result, and kind of the message coming out of this game? Well, obviously, like you said, it, it, it's not like a win or loss is necessarily the, uh, the, the end of the world for Auburn. I, I think Auburn fans really want to see a win. I mean, it, it's been a long time. The last time Auburn won a bowl game was the Music City Bowl in 2018 uh, when Auburn beat Purdue. So, you know, it, it's been a while since you won one. So you want to want to win win again and uh, especially in the first year of a new head coach that would be a really uh, good stepping stone uh, for this program and for this team but again it, it, it's really about these bowl practices and I think these players 
finding their role and, 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 and kind of getting a preview of what's to come in the spring. And, and, and again, it, you, you mentioned some of the guys that have opted out, and we mentioned how you know these bowl games are a little watered down, a win and loss doesn't matter. And I, I, I'm, I'm on the side of the players making the decision that's best for them. And guys like DJ James, Nehemiah Bridget, Marcus Harris, who right. are, are, are solidified uh, uh, draft picks, and they, they all have their chance to prove themselves in uh, the Senior Bowl or the East-West Shrine game and the NFL Draft Combine. You know, I, I, what they did for Auburn, They've done plenty, <laughs> and I and I and it's it's good for them to, uh, to to have that ability to be able to skip out on the bowl game and and go and get ready for the draft. And then obviously you have the guys that are returning. That you know Jalen Simpson is expected to play if uh, he can get his hamstring uh, uh, ready to go. So you have both sides of it, and I, and I, you know I'm just excited to see that team go out there and play and uh, do its thing because again it's it's a little preview of the spring, a little bit of preview of what's to come, but. Obviously, there's still going to be a lot of guys that come on campus in January in the summer uh, that we that we won't see on the 30th. So, uh, again, just a nice little preview, and it's 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 a nice way to turn the page to 2024. Hillman, before we let you go, we always like to get some updates on everything else going on in Auburn athletics with uh, women's basketball. I know gymnastics had their preview meet this past Friday night, and everything else going on around athletics, and then we'll get some updates on the Auburn Sports Network and the broadcast coming up over the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll start with gymnastics. Obviously, uh, a newer, younger team. Uh, there's still some uh, veteranship on that team with uh, the likes of Cassie Stevens, Aria Brush, um, uh, Sophia Gross. So that team is looking to be uh, looking exciting, and I'm ready to see them in Neville Arena. I think their their opening home meet is on January 12th against Florida. So right off the bat, you're wow. starting with yeah. a, a, a tough match against one of the top teams in the nation, but they'll open their season uh, in the Super 16 Challenge in Vegas on January 6th. Uh, and then Auburn women's basketball had six-game winning streak. You can't. It's hard to beat that. Yeah, they just keep uh, on winning, man. Yeah, and, and, and they're setting records doing it. Set a steals record against Alabama State. Uh, Norfolk State kind of played them closely on Saturday, but Auburn able to pull away, holding Norfolk State to seven points in the third quarter. So, uh, this team is really starting to roll and find its groove. Jemiah Mingo Young, she is starting to become a scoring threat. Uh, had 16 points on Saturday against Norfolk State, and they'll uh, be back in action on Wednesday at 2 o'clock Central in Neville Arena against Washington State. So if you need any late lunch plans, there you go. Go to uh, Neville Arena and watch Tigers take on Washington State. But then they'll take on North Alabama on New Year's Eve, and SEC play opens up in Neville Arena against Tennessee at 7 Central on January 4th. So, that's kind of your women's basketball rundown uh, until the new year. And then Auburn men's basketball, we've, we've mentioned that already, but Alabama State on Friday, Chattanooga on the 30th, and then Penn on the 2nd. That Chattanooga game, that's part of a big doubleheader. Auburn football at 1 Central against Maryland in the Music City Bowl. Auburn Sports Network coverage starts at 10 a.m. Central with the whole crew. And then Chattanooga at 8 Central coverage begins at 7.30. Brad Law will have the call with Sonny Smith, and I'll join them as well from Neville Arena. So it's an, it, that's going to be an exciting day for Auburn uh, sports. I mean, 
how often do you get an Auburn football, Auburn basketball doubleheader? Yeah. Not often, right? No, not often <laughs> at all. You got to love that, man. Got to love that. And and look, everybody over there uh, just does a fantastic job at the Auburn Sports Network. We're so honored to be uh, working with you all this, this year. And football has gone great. We look forward to wrapping that up with the bowl game and really getting basketball season uh, fully underway, women's and men's. And, of course, here locally in Auburn, Opelika, you can catch Auburn football, men's basketball, and Tiger Talk over on Wings 94. Or three and wingsfm.com women's basketball and baseball which is right around the corner don't you worry it'll be here before we know it that's over on au100 which is 100.3 fm and au100fm.com jacob hillman of the auburn sports network our lovely monday guest each and every week let us know where they can find you find everything you guys are doing uh, since we won't talk to you for a few weeks yeah follow me on twitter at jacob hillman au and definitely follow uh, the auburn sports network on Twitter and Instagram at AU Sports Network. And also, I'm, I'm reminded you mentioned Tiger Talk. There's a special edition Tiger Talk from the Wild Horse Saloon on Broadway in Nashville, uh, December 29th, so the night before the Music City Bowl at 7:30 Central. Andy Burcham, Paul Ellen, Jason Campbell, and Ronnie Brown. They'll be joined by Hugh Freeze and John Cohen, and that that's part of uh, uh, War Eagle at Wild Horse. Uh, so you can buy your tickets if you're headed up to the Music City Bowl as well. So go to AuburnTigers.com. You can find information there about how to attend that event. It's going to be a great night in Nashville. I wish I was going to it, but duty calls here at Auburn at Neville Arena for Chattanooga. So, uh, so everyone can go up and enjoy it for me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hey, well, that, people will have fun for you. I promise. There will be enough fun to go around where they don't need a Jacob Hillman running around the saloon there in Broadway in Music City. So, hey, man, we appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you and your family and everybody there at the Auburn Sports Network and Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you on January 8th on that Monday. Thanks so much, Jacob. War Eagle, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thanks so much. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, our Monday guest each and every week. We appreciate him. Great friend of mine. Uh, I mean, him and I have been friends for years. Went to college together, went through Weagle together, uh, student radio over there, and now we're off doing our own thing, and I'm just so grateful for him and his time and his friendship. We'll be right back. We'll wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Don't go anywhere. Then Bill and Dan will take over here in the studio. All that coming up on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN. ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Monday edition of On the Line, big thanks to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Joins me every Monday here on ESPN, and so we appreciate him. Lots of great updates for uh, and from, I should say, the Auburn Sports Network uh, as they have uh, Auburn women's basketball broadcasting continuing on, men's basketball broadcast continuing, and then all the way up to uh, next Saturday, right? That's next Saturday. Yeah, yeah, next Saturday, December 30th uh, for the Music City Bowl uh, from Nashville as Auburn taking on Maryland and then they'll have right after that that night they'll have Auburn basketball taking on Chattanooga all of that can be found over on Wings 94.3. Auburn women's basketball is on AU 100, which is 100.3 FM. So, great show today. Um, Had multiple conversations that didn't plan on having, but hey, that's how it goes sometimes. And they were great conversations. NIL, college football playoff, the future, uh, the confusion, uh, the uncertainty of college football, college athletics, and where it's all headed. Um, Great conversations today. Talked a lot of Auburn basketball 
We started talking some Auburn football. Don't you worry, though. We've got all of that covered on tomorrow's show. As we get you ready for early signing day on Wednesday, it's going to be a big show. A reminder, no Daryl Dapperts tomorrow. Uh, He is off doing his thing with with work and family and everything for around the Christmas holiday. So we'll pick back up with him at the start of the new year for 30 minutes now on the show. He'll be joining us from 315 to 345. Instead of 330 to 345, we're getting a double dip of double D. How about that, huh? That'll start after the new year. So uh, tomorrow's schedule sort of up in the air, but we're going to have good conversations and have a lot of fun. Again, getting you ready for early signing day on Wednesday. If you missed any of the show today, go find the podcast wherever you get your podcast or you can go to our station website at ESPNAU.com. Stay tuned though. Bill and Dan taking over for the drive from four to six. You don't want to miss that. And we'll be back tomorrow talking all things Auburn football and whatever else happens in the world of the transfer portal, college football recruiting, high school recruiting, who knows? There's always things talk to talk about, and there's always news in today's world. So that'll be on tomorrow's show, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 1067. Until then, I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.